This episode of Inside Running is proudly sponsored by Sydney Marathon. Join them this September in their bid to become an Abbott World Marathon major. Learn more at sydneymarathon.com. episode number 278 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Recording this on a Tuesday during the day, which is pretty odd for us, as most of the time we record on a Monday evening. So a bit of a change in plans this week to uh, adjust to Moose being over in Japan. Welcome to Julian Spence, the 214 Marathon Man, the coach of Ali Pashley, one of the most, uh, the voice of Australian distance running. How are you this week, Moose, over in Osaka? You come up with that one on the spot, did you? I was just trying to build you up before we talk about a disappointing performance, obviously. Just trying to just pump you up, remember who you are. You're only yeah. as good as your last race. Yeah. yeah that was going didn't, to be the intro. Didn't mention that in the introduction, but how are you in Japan? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm, uh, I'm pretty tired, actually. So pretty tired, pretty sore, a little bit flat. Um, so yeah, it's uh, didn't go as planned, obviously. You um, you're staying over there, aren't you? I think is Bree on her way in Pia? So Bree is currently at Cairns Airport, and fucking Jetstar didn't pack any luggage on the plane, so like literally no luggage. So she's um, about to get on a tra- her next flight to to Osaka, knowing that there is no luggage of hers. Oh, so and she's got Pia as well. She's got Pia, the prams, like, still in Melbourne, all the luggage still in Melbourne. Um, can you believe airlines just get away with this shit? Like, mm. it ain't no thing. Yeah, that, that's like it's, always, it's always pissed me off, the fact that they can get away with whatever they want with without giving any sort of compensation generally, whereas any other business, you'd be dragged across the coals for not compensating people for, for fucking up. Oh, it, it, like, the compensation thing... Yeah, okay. Like in the future, or like maybe that'd be nice. But currently, how do you not pack fucking luggage on a plane? Like this is part of what you do every day. You've just, oh man, and it's just such a such a stress now. Mm. So yeah, like she's gonna, she doesn't know what's going on. It's like the entire plane is lined up trying to work out what to do. I just wish there was another airline we could go to, or like. We could, anyway. That's that's where we're at now. So yeah, she's coming over. She'll be here tonight. I'll probably have to go out buy a new pram and everything the Savo, just to uh, get us through the trip. Yeah, yeah, that's complicated. My other co-host Bradley Croker up in Canberra. How are you today, Brad? Yeah, good, Brady. Got a rare Tuesday off work, pupil free day, so 
Uh, Mate, you worked about three days in the last two months, so I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be claiming days off as a Mate, big thing for you. Come on, I worked last night. I uh, did some podcasting last night while you guys were on a junket or at a sports awards night. Yeah, you did. You've been doing the heavy lifting behind the scenes recently, so we do appreciate that. Let's go into some run and chat, though, boys. It's going to be a big episode with the Osaka news, the Murray Plant news. That was a good meet last week. Um, Aloise Wellings is going to be joining Bradley Croker to do a bit of a training talk segment, which he was just referring to. Moose on the loose. It's all coming up. Um, Moose, though, we'll start with you. Monday through to Sunday into Osaka Marathon. Yeah, so I, I didn't do a lot of running this week. I, I ran with... Um, with Ali actually on the the Monday so when what was that Tuesday sorry let me just have a quick squeeze 21st was yeah it was on the Monday um so we we just did a bit of a recap of the the race she ran me through everything so that was that was good and Tuesday morning did a little workout like a pre-race one uh four by five minutes now the idea was to kind of run i didn't really have any paces in mind i didn't mind it being a little harder than marathon pace here it probably was about that the gps a bit funny on this loop so when you're looking down at your average pace for the lap it changes like every 10 meters so i didn't put too much um i didn't put too much stock in it uh it it felt all right um I mean, it's always funny in the taper week. You just not don't know how things are supposed to feel. Like you can get a bit, you can get a bit flat and a bit sort of tired and stale, I reckon. And and then you start worrying. Um, but it, it, the efforts felt relatively easy. So they just went three twenty one, three sixteen, three seventeen, three fourteen, and yeah, I did them a little harder than marathon pace, which I was fine with. Uh, then. The Wednesday, I jogged with Ali down in Aries, and that was our that was my last proper run, um, because later that day I uh, oh no sorry Thursday morning I woke up I was gonna um, I was gonna ride the bike actually with 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 Ali on her workout, but I was trying to put this um, dog's got like a allergy thing and he's been chewing his his back. And so I was putting on this collar, that, like this big blow-up inflatable collar that's stopping him from reaching his back to chew it. And he didn't really enjoy me putting it on. And so we started having, I was starting to have to fight to put him on a bit. And then I just sort of wrenched my groin and I like my adductor right up high. And it just like overstretched it. Uh, it was not a good feeling. And, and so it was pretty proppy immediately after. I thought, oh no, fucking hurt myself here. Um, can't, won't be able to, to, to run. Like I, I immediately thought, oh, I, I'm going to have to take a few days off. Uh, whether I could make the marathon or not, I wasn't sure. Sometimes you can get those little overstretches and they come fine. Like there's no problems. But this one felt a little more sinister than that. So I ended up having that Thursday off. Friday was travel day and then I jogged on Saturday morning just from the hotel with uh, the Mizuno crew that we're staying with and it was, it's in the, sit- the middle of the city so it's like a lot of stop start and um, the GPS was real funny because we're in like around high rises 
So I just ran half an hour there. It was it was fine. Like I could definitely feel it, but I didn't think it would affect my race, and it didn't. Like I didn't feel it on the the day of the the race. So that gave me a bit of confidence, and um, we was sort of full steam ahead. So then the uh, marathon. Well, that day we actually had like a we we went to the opening of the new they call it Mizuno engine which is the new research and development facility at Mizuno here so they've got an entire building that's dedicated to um, product development product like they can make samples and prototypes in this building and then they can test them all in the same space so this whole buildings around innovation and um, it was pretty cool like they did they showed us some of the testing they use for uh, for their footwear and um, there's like all, all sorts of stuff there, golf and baseball and s swimming and uh, what else they big in, like volleyball and stuff. So there's heaps of, um, there's heaps of different sports there and they sort of showed us how they test and uh, ran us through a little bit about the, uh, the plans for the future there. So that was actually pretty cool to see that behind the scenes, got to talk to some of the product developers and the, the research um, people and but it was a big day so i was i was we we're out there for a long time it wasn't a lot of sitting down um and we got back and then it was sort of straight to dinner and so it, it was not a lot of downtime it's not the ideal rest day before a race but this was never going to be this was always about this trip rather than the marathon so it was about um it was sort of what i what i was expecting the next morning, marathon morning, uh, got up bloody cold. So this this was like the coldest day ever. <laughs> it says on here it, the temperature was four, feels like zero, but that was at the race start, and it started at nine fifteen. But we were we arrived down there about seven o'clock because Mizuno wanted to take some photos before the race in front of the castle of all the um like the global team that they kind of had there that were running so that this this building opening there were Mizuno athletes coming and then there were so Mizuno employees from different corners of the world and, and how so many in total Moose? a few there uh runners I think there was probably about 20 okay I'd say yeah so, and and so there were like there was no real elite runners um one guy ran 220 which is pretty good i'm not sure i can't remember where he was from maybe uh one of the asian countries but it was it was yeah i mean it was it was good it was just again a bit different to the normal prep that you would do and because it was so cold so when we were standing out there for these photos it was zero it feels like negative four it was like i was fucking freezing cold and we were cold for two hours standing outside so again not ideal prep before the race and and then you have to go in into the starting block half an hour before the start of the race. And so I got down there and stripped off my stuff and um, handed it to Sam, who was looking like the Mizuno guy, who was sort of looking after me on the start line. And then you're in the uh, the start block, and I, I had just my race gear on. Everyone else around me had all this warm shit, and <laughs> it was so cold. It was like. I was trying not to to like shiver too much because I know how much 
energy that burns. But when you're that cold, you, you can't really, you don't really have a choice. Um, so I was, I had like half tights, a singlet, arm warmers, gloves, and a beanie. That was my, that was my kit. Uh, I probably should have had like a jacket and pants on for this time. Um, but once I, I reckon about five minutes into the race with that kit on, I wasn't cold at all. So yeah, once I was up and going, I didn't notice the cold. It was just the pre-race stuff. But there were some people that I could tell were feeling the cold during the race as well. Um, so yeah, I, we the, the front line was the elites. So I was in group start block A, which was the the first start block of the rest of the field outside the elites. So there was a massive sort of pen for us. I worked my way semi to the front, probably about five, three to five people back, and and watched the the elites go off about. I'm going to say about 70 meters in front of us uh, and the gun goes at the same time and we stay where we are and then yeah we we sort of push forward after the gun goes and so I was about I don't know maybe 10 seconds behind the um the elites as they as they went off and uh yeah I caught up to some of the ladies a little quicker and I got flooded by people behind me as well. Uh, so the race, like interesting how my mind sort of set me up for this race and how I approached it. Like at the very beginning when I found out about that I was going to go and do a soccer marathon, I thought this is this will be great to just go back and experience the marathon again and, and have a really positive positive experience and and just get one back on the board and show that I can make a start line and as the uh, as the the build up went I started to adjust my ambitions a little bit and then I had some track workouts that went pretty well I did a couple more long runs than I thought that I might get in and so I got to the start line and all of a sudden I'm like well my last four five marathons have been really good like it went sort of Doha running two two nineteen in in heat. That was a really good one. And then two fourteen at Biwa and two sixteen Berlin, two eighteen Berlin. I thought this is I know how to do this. This is a pretty like I've got this covered. I can run two two twenty, no problems off this fitness. So I fully bought into this whole I'm fit, I'll be fine like this is my jam type thing and I think it's probably just the fact that I haven't run a marathon for so long that I forgot what it's like I didn't I lost respect a bit for it as well and and it was a bit of a it was a bit of a reality check uh, I forgot what I'm supposed to feel like early so out of the gun out of the gates like the pace wasn't that fast but I'm thinking gee this does this feels like I'm slightly reaching for it and I never feel like, like I've always felt like I had the brakes on at the start of my good marathons, whereas this feels like, hold on, I'm actually sort of having to work to stay with the group. And I know this isn't right, but I'm in the group, so I'm going to stay with it. And again, that's probably number one fuck up. I'm, I, like I didn't listen to what was happening. Even in my head, I knew what was happening and I, and I, I just ignored it and, and my ego got the better of me there. 
And so, yeah, I was in the the, the group of the ladies, basically, because, again, I justified it by thinking this has worked really well at the last two Berlins that you did is to just stay with the ladies and then get faster if you have to or if you can later. So there was only one pacer, one male pacer for the ladies group. Uh, I couldn't, I didn't have pace on, so I wasn't really looking at what pace we were running. I was just going, just ticking off the 5K splits as I went through on my watch. Uh, so the first 5K split was 16.59. Uh, that included actually seven, that 70 metres from behind the start line uh, before I hit the 5K mark. So that was probably a little quicker than... Um, than what it sort of shows there. Then the second 5K, 16.48. Third, 16.54. And the fourth was 16.53. So it was relatively, like the, the pace it was doing a good job. There was a few Africans in there. There was a lot of men, amateur men, I guess. And then Lisa Waitman was there as well. So I saw Lisa at about the 2K mark and said hello. And then I really just tried to stay out of the way of the pack. Like, I, I didn't want to get in the ladies' way at all. And I found myself at the first, like, personal drink stations, just not realising they were there. And I was on the left side of the pack, and that's where the, the the tables were. And so I had all these ladies sort of trying to cut across me to get to them. And I thought, oh, fuck, this is not where I want to be right now. And so after that, I just decided I'm going to run on the outsides of the pack. I'm not going to go anywhere near the middle and yeah i just wanted to stay out of trouble but i felt i wasn't settling well so i couldn't get in a rhythm at one point i would feel really good and i would suddenly be like three or four meters in front of the pacer and then the next i would be kind of sort of reaching for the pace and 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 sort of dropping back and and getting flooded with like thoughts oh no you've got to slow down um and then I'd sort of drop back through the middle of the pack and all of a sudden I'd find myself at the front again. So I was really unsettled. I couldn't, I couldn't switch off the brain enough, which I think is important for the marathon is to, is to just go to sleep and relax. And at no point did I feel relaxed through that first 20K. Uh, so I, I knew things weren't going great at about the 15K mark. I started to... I started to feel like my quads were sore. And I remember, Brady, you, you mentioned that at Valencia, that you felt quad sort of soreness early. Yeah, just heaviness, but like probably, just picking up your legs just become harder and harder. Yeah, I, I was feeling like a jarring sensation through my quads. And I, th I, I, I thought, I'm like, this is 15K and I'm already feeling like I have muscle damage. And, and this is, that's a really bad sign this early because that's another two hours of running basically, or maybe not two hours at that point, but at least another hour and a half. And, and I thought, Oh boy, this could be a lot like this could, could turn nasty if the body just sort of shuts down on me. And so I'd, I thought, okay, well you slow down then. So let's, let's just slow down a bit at the 15 K mark. And, um, I did try to get to the back of the pack, but, I just didn't slow down when I should have. Like, I, like in my head, I started trying to almost convince myself um, that that it'll be fine. 
but it, it, I don't know. My head wasn't, I wasn't smart. Like I made a lot of bad decisions on this day. And one of them there was like feeling that soreness and still thinking, you'll be right, stay with the pack. These can come and go like a roller coaster. But it, 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 it doesn't really. Like the marathon doesn't really work like that. It's normally like a, a downward slide if you start feeling stuff early. So yeah, I, then I turned a corner at about the 20K mark and I knew that I had a, like there was a U-turn. There was a lot of U-turns. And every time you would slow down to like one of those full-on um, pinches and you, you basically have to stop and then start again. As I picked up, I could feel like going through the gears, getting back to pace. I could feel my legs were not in a good place. They were already banged up and they were, they were tight. And then my calves, that last sort of K after I turned the corner, both my, both my soleus right above the Achilles got super tight. And they felt really sore, almost like I could do myself an injury um, if I kept pushing on them. And so I, I made the decision there. I'm like, okay, Shane, one of the guys from Mizuno, is waiting at the halfway point. Uh, he'll be able to help you out to get back to the, the hotel. And so I got, I finished. I went over the line, like the halfway point, and then I just stopped when he tried, went to give me a bottle. Uh, and like, it's a weird feeling stopping a race when you're not, when you haven't blown up. Like I, I, I could have kept going at that pace, but so when I stopped, I'm like, yeah, I just had a conversation with him and it was a bit strange. Like it was a really different, like I've never really pulled out of a race without, like I've only pulled out of one race and that was um, when I had a really bad hip injury and I could literally couldn't run. So pulling out of a race like this was a, was a it didn't didn't feel right. Felt a little embarrassing. Like I felt disres as I was watching all the other runners go past. Some were in pain as well. I'm like, oh, feel like I've taken a real easy option out here. Even though I sit, sit here now after having three days of contemplating or two days of contemplating what's happened. And I feel like it's the that was the right decision because I'm sitting here with some of the worst quad doms that I've ever had, and my calves are just so sore. And that was from half of a race. If I had have pushed through the second half of this race, like I don't think I would be walking. And I, I'm not sure I would have actually made the finish line with with legs like this. So yeah, that was it. Um, there's a lot of explanations, I think, for, for why it didn't go well, which have been really good for me to reflect on. And it's been probably the best learning experience of any race that I've had. And it's it's motivated me now to, to start training properly because the majority of why this went wrong was training related. It's funny you say that, Moose, because like we spoke about it in Bathurst a little bit, how it was going to be a really interesting experiment to see whether you could run sort of low 220s off 115K a week, which, and it's also, I think you could do it off 115K a week, but it would have to be, you would have to have like a hard long run just about every week. You'd have to have one longer sustained run and then just easy jogs in between, whereas you were doing 115K predominantly training probably as a, like I reckon you got yourself into good 10k fitness, um, yep. but not the marathon fitness. And like if you ran, if you ran super quick off 
the, the mileage that you were doing like i was going to be like super impressed and almost probably change my own training going oh maybe you don't have to run that many k's and the only guy that i've seen run pretty well off the low mileage for the marathon was um like brad carlafelt ran 219 a couple of weeks ago and he runs about 130 but in the lead up he runs a hard sunday every week like you know basically mm. marathon specific one so i think if you're going to run low mileage you have to have that in there like just about every week um because i found even yep. even myself like for gold coast like i I had maybe 10 weeks where I was still running like 150, 160K, didn't have the really big marathon sessions, but I at least had, you know, maybe 138K with some 6K at the end, the 15K around um, Yerby Pond at like 315s, and then Launceston half as a session. So I at least had a couple in there, but I even felt in the back end of um, of Gold Coast, I'm like, oh, I don't feel quite as strong as I did when I was 217. Like I can hold it together for 223 but um i need to do more marathon specific stuff to get back under 220 and so you and you know you're running 40k less than that a week and not yeah. doing much of the marathon specific yeah. stuff either 100 percent, it's those two things so i've written here like i wrote down a few notes about this and the legs were not conditioned for extended time at the tempo pace and in order to get that, you need high mileage and slash or yeah. <laughs> specific long runs. And um, exactly what you just said, I did neither of them. Uh, and also, uh, like, you can't fake marathons. We've said this from the very beginning of this show. Like, the marathon is not a half marathon. And there's a really big difference between 30 kilometers and 42 kilometers as well. And you can't fake it. You can't. You got to respect it. If you're going to go in like undercooked, like I was, you have to slow your pace down. Like you can't run at the pace that you, like that your your ideal pace. Like the reason that I got beat legs because I was running too fast for what my body was conditioned for. Yeah, and it just like goes to show that there's there's so many different types of fitness and how like training needs to be specific to the event that you're training for and. You know, you look at guys like Deacon Mona, yes, they weren't running a lot of marathon-specific sessions, but they were doing a hell of a lot of mileage, which is that conditioning that you're talking about. So they got their conditioning through yes. mileage more so than, you know, marathon or doing sustained runs at marathon pace. That That's right. Yeah, you can achieve it do different ways, can't you? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I found was, like, that I realised pretty early was the invest like I wasn't invested in the race, like this was never something that I like you never laid out. Though, it's funny I, you I say it was. I, yeah. I said this on Sunday um, to, to the group that I was running with uh, about you, saying like you can go real deep when it means something to you and it's important, but outside of that, you're likely to just pack it in because we saw it a few times, even in the lead up to when you were running really well, like. Gold Coast half one year you've just you know and this that wasn't that far that wasn't that long before um you ran 219 in the heat you're like oh, I don't mm. give a shit about this and so it's like yeah if the race doesn't mean anything to you um it's just generally not going to go that well for you yeah yeah 100 percent. like there's no there's nothing there for me to push through and like some people can do it and I've got a lot of respect like it's so impressive to see someone 
go out there and be able to push themselves week in week out when when there's like they, they must be able to tap a different part of their brain to, to me like think about it like a little differently because yeah i couldn't do it um and the other like i was celebrating like i felt like it was a celebration already before i even ran the race like i, I feel like i was already i was back to a start line and that was the big celebration rather than the actual race so even like midway point when i pulled out i, I wasn't that upset about it because the big the big win for me was getting back to where i was um well, not where i was but at least getting back to feeling like i can have a crack at some stuff and so yeah it wasn't like i was losing a t like a year of training for this one race i felt like i was only just starting again um but yeah a friend actually wrote this quote to me which i thought was really good they said um withdrawing doesn't sit comfortably in our own heads even when it's the right decision to be making it's like mental conflict that's why we try and justify it to ourselves even when justifying even when justification isn't needed to try to make the idea more comfortable um and i kind of sit here and think i'm really happy that i pulled out of that race because I, like i would have been out for i reckon a month with how sore i would be um so yeah anyway that was it that was a sarcom half marathon <laughs> the the uncharacteristic um mistakes you made though that would be the worst part wouldn't it like you are renowned from knowing when to get it right when to push when not to like you know the event so well and it sounds like you made a couple of just um yeah yeah mistakes that i'm, I'm sure wouldn't sit well with you i bought into my own hype that's what i did uh, yeah i did that I, at valencia I, yeah 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 it's well, the same thing and everyone else's hype yeah and the event yeah, hype like and you just you just need someone thing. to pull you aside before the start and just pull you back in line i think well i think i think the other thing the other thing marathoners need to do and this is where a lot of people come un, unstuck is if you underestimate the fitness that you're in you're more likely to have a good day because mm. you're going to go out a little bit slower than where you think than where you think you're at um and then you know you're going to have a good second half whereas like both of you guys, you know, you know, Brady, you thought you were going pretty well, so you, you know, you thought I oh, was 68 through halves manageable, and the same with you, Moose. It's like, well, you know, I'm not going there to run 2:30, you know, which you know potentially is where it, you know more should have been that 70, 74 or so through half as opposed to 71. But you know, you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not going over there to run that. Like that's that's embarrassing for a guy like me. That that's in my head. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm reading stuff about me, and I'm I'm not listening to my own head, and I'm like I'm like, in my on the way down on the bus, I'm I've just totally changed the plan that, that I had for the rest, like totally changed it just on the bus because I started to get hyped, and I'm like yeah you run with the ladies run with the ladies today you'll be good, like you'll pull it off it can be one of those days for you again it's really good. And that's not the that's that's a terrible thing to do, is to is to just renege on your plans, the moment that you get on the bus to the start line. Like there is so much learning from this race, and it's it's been a very good thing. It's been good for me. Like you, you need to, to um, get reminded. 
least you because you said the other week that you were disappointed about having to take like a lot of time off after this and and not be able to train with the group so at least you'll be able to get back in with the group pretty soon well hopefully but my, like the way i'm sitting here now it feels like i've run a marathon I, I i've wanted to run the last two mornings and i've woken up and and my legs fucked like not runnable so <laughs> I'm, I, it kind of just does show me that if you did run a marathon uh, you're you're out for two weeks this like no no running for two weeks that's what it would have been because mm. i'm still not sure i can run tomorrow Charles park moose what is it seven weeks you'll be right for that Charles park seven race. weeks um and berlin 30 weeks yeah christian's counting down as well 30 weeks i think on his strava instagram is like 30 weeks to go until berlin you guys are going I, I got a shout out preparation though. I gotta um, say thanks, actually, because Mizuno have looked after me so well over here. It's it's um, it, they've been so generous in like how they've well how they've looked after this like the whole group. But um, yeah, Mizuno Australia did take me over, and they showed me a lot of cool stuff. Looked after me really well. Didn't put any pressure on me to run well. And then um, after we finished, like they again no no pressure or anything so yeah really thank you thankful to them how have you gone with the um you know the the camera kind of in your face putting your shoes on and heading to the start line like did you like that stuff that influencer kind of stuff i didn't get that yes like, you honestly. did they were taking heaps of photos of you in there you and morgan mcdonald you are the two biggest no. names in in morgan japan mitchell. morgan mitchell i've done that before <laughs> morgan mcdonald morgan mitchell uh yeah so i'm um, like she is she is here as a brand ambassador because um, she's like she's a brand ambassador whereas i'm a guest so it's not like that for me at all and even when they were f- filming me like i didn't feel like they were f- filming me at any 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 point and they like they took what fucking five seconds of footage it's not a it wasn't like no enough, i didn't feel like to influence that, i reckon yeah it, it was enough to go oh I'm going to run a 218 today, boys. Yeah. What's this? Uh, Every video took 30 seconds. I'll be split through half. The first thing I'm doing when I'm getting home is finding one of those, like, hair therapy centers because, fuck, I'm balding. Yeah, it doesn't look good. I told you that at Bathurst, didn't I? A long time. I need um, some thickness back. Like, there's some real thin patches up top. Yeah, my mates do that pill thing. You know, Joel Salwood's vlogging it on his Instagram at the moment. I'll hit him up for sure. Yeah. You got a discount code? Swap him a pair of shoes or something. Tell him you will take yeah. those ASICs off him. What is it? Um, Troy Selwood that's running or Scott Selwood? This is Joel. Scott Selwood. The Joel on one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk I'm about sure this. sure he can get a discount. We talk about Cats, the Selwoods. That's 10. Uh, yeah. Um, there were 965 people who predicted your time, Moose. And because no one predicted your correct time, a couple of blokes in the DMs trying to get the shoes and the Mizuno prize pack off the uh, DNF prediction, but DNF was not an option. So the prize is going to jackpot, Zach is telling me, and the people at Mizuno are telling me. And Croaks, you're going to have a go at Parkrun this Saturday morning, and whoever gets closest to your time is going to win the jackpotted prize, which is still the same, but it just goes for an extra week. So keep an eye on our social media. Won't be doing park predict- run this you're, Saturday, you're, but I am I am doing a park run shortly. Oh, okay. Be this Saturday. Saturday yeah. after? Uh, it'll be within the next month. Well, it needs to be sooner than that, Croaks. We can't have this price thing hanging <laughs> over hanging over for too long. 
But keep, can't be something. Keep an eye on our socials. The prize pack is still there, getting ready to be given away. Take us through your week, Bradley. All right. Uh, yeah, my best week since returning from uh, injury. So Monday, got out for 57 minutes at 4.20s. Um, pretty warm in the afternoon. So, so looking forward to the, the weather just cooling a little bit. Um, yeah, I reckon we're about oh, maybe five five weeks away from having those, like the best time of the year where it's like, you know, mid-teens, no wind, um, bit of a chill in the air. So, yeah, anyway, that was Monday. Tuesday was a hill session in the afternoon. So we had a storm roll through about an hour and a half before this. Um, so, yes, the session was two sets of seven roughly 45-second hills, uh, and we're doing them off a two-minute cycle. So going up in 45 back down in about 75 um and then after the seventh rep took three minutes recovery uh yes we had a good group out there. there's like seven or eight of us um yeah haven't done this session for a while and same to the to the guys and, and they were all sort of feeling it as well like towards the back end of this session it feels more like a, a gym a gym session in a way like you just legs are getting a bit sort of fatigued like like they would at the gym because you're obviously putting a fair bit more force um through to get yourself up the hill but yeah it went well um i didn't actually take splits for this one it was quite good because because we're going for two minute cycle just started on the minute and then just ran until my watch said sort of 45 and, and stopped and turned around so it was nice sometimes having a session where you're not you know worried about splits or looking down at your watch for time um so then wednesday midweek long run so I did 21.1k at 417s in 90 minutes and uh yeah, listen to the first episode of Road to London. It, uh, like, 90 minutes just flew by. It was such an enjoyable um, episode. Um, there was some really good information. Um, obviously, here in Ellie's recap, um, yeah, it wasn't such great news uh, from Sinead. But, yeah, as I said, it made 90 minutes go by real quick. So um, if every episode's like that, the next nine weeks will be pretty enjoyable on a Wednesday morning. Uh, Thursday... Just 45 minutes in the afternoon at 4.24s. And then Friday morning, um, yeah, we had a session down at the lake. And it was pretty much the similar conditions to what we had in um, Bathurst Moose for the Friday morning. So, like, no wind, cool morning. Uh, and the session was 15-minute tempo, two-minute jog, and then some fartlek after that. So the fartlek was four times one minute on one minute float, five times 30 seconds on 30 seconds float. And... Like I felt really, really good in this session. So like heart rate for the whole uh, heart rate for the whole session was was 158. Um, so I think I may have hit, just hit 170 uh, at, at the top. In terms of splits, hit um, three. What was it like 320s? Uh, let me bring it up. It was like high 320s for the um, yeah 327s for the 15 minutes. Jogged two minutes at 422s. And then averaged about 305s for the one-minute reps. Uh, floats were about 340s. And then averaged uh, 255s for the 30-second rep. So all up, averaged 326s for the whole 30 minutes and, and felt very strong um, throughout that. So that was uh, encouraging. I uh, got out for a double, my first double in yeah, quite a while that afternoon. So I just did 33 minutes at 423s. Saturday, went out to the Arboretum um, for an hour run, mainly to just look for some, you know, some other places to train for some like undulating tempos or that, that sort of session. 
that has some elevation that's relatively central in Canberra. Um, obviously, I would normally do mulligans for that because it's got enough rolling hills, but I just want to find another place in Canberra. Um, so, yeah, did 14.3K, average 4.11s. Um, we had a fair bit of climb. It was a pretty solid run, actually, because it was like over 200 metres of elevation in that 14K. And then Sunday, we had, um, yeah, a good, a really good group. So um, there were seven of us, um, so Mulligan's Flat Track Club guys. Uh, so I did two hours at 4.16s and then jumped on the bike because one of the guys um, that I've started coaching, he's doing Canberra. So he had uh, two by three K at the end of that at marathon pace. And because Canberra will be his first marathon, I just wanted to uh, just get an idea of, what's you know how, how he felt at different paces on, on that sort of two by three k to see whether he was pushing too hard so uh, that was my week of 127k so i definitely feel like i've turned the corner um yeah doing well croaks i like that way from you hmm. well, thanks it. yep anything else other than the park run penciled in oh uh, i'll do sydney, sydney 10, 10. Yeah. yeah so i've sort of been thinking about the, so this last week i sort of mapped out until sydney 10 so what i want to do is have a park run in the next few weeks as just you know go out rust buster just see where i'm actually at over 5k and then do another one maybe two weeks before sydney 10 so at least that while i will have had two pretty hard 5k efforts in the lead up to sydney 10 which i didn't have last year so that's yeah. my plan what about any new south wales cross country uh, there's the not a lot week. on. Is there any options? There's not a lot on before. I'm trying to think. I think there's only there's only one race before Sydney Ten. It's the Novice Cross Country, um, which is yeah at Scarborough Park uh, in, near near St George. So it's um yeah relatively flat um, flat grass course. So yeah. that could be an, that could be an option, but I'd probably just stay local and just do a couple of hard park runs. Yeah. There's also there's also Canberra Marathon weekend, but I enjoy just being there for my athletes on that day like handing out drinks and stuff like that so i probably won't do anything there yeah it's almost one or the other that weekend for you isn't it like you, yeah you fall on a coach or you fall on an athlete yeah Can't yeah and I, I i think i get more enjoyment just seeing my athletes run well and helping them out than i would going out and running a 31 30 10k or something so yeah i'll whistle through this week i was tired boys off the back of bathurst just to drive home lack mm. of sleep Monday, Tuesday, like they're my easiest two days of the week when I'm at home with the kids and working from home. And they were hard. I was just tired. Um, 70 minutes Monday morning at 4.28. And then I got out for half an hour and some strides on the Monday afternoon. Tuesday, I did a workout, did six by a mile um, around 3.13 off 90 seconds jog. Just, just tired early in the morning. Got it done. Nothing sexy. Just got to string those kind of ones together. Got out for, uh, no, I didn't double on Tuesday. Not sure why. Actually, I think I, I don't know. For some reason, I didn't double. Wednesday morning, same as you, Croaks. Rode to London. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Was a bit concerned going into it because we put Sinead and Ali together before and we've had Nick and Ali together before, but I wasn't sure how Nick, Ali and Sinead were going to go together. But it was great from the very mm. start. They all just blended together. The chemistry was there early on. It was so good hearing uh, Ali and Nick back together. And then Sinead just slotted into that third spot amazingly. And I think, like, being Patreon only, like, even Sinead, I've never heard her swear before that episode. <laughs> that was, yeah. So that was good to hear her, just to get a bit more 
a bit looser. We had two probably... stops going past like a Chuka um, high school and Ali was like recapping the race. Like it was just mm. such a insightful, um, yeah, listen. And then the ups and downs here and Sinead stuff and then Nick kind of pulling it all together. And yeah, he's grown up a lot too, hasn't he? You know, engaged, yeah. bought a house, maturity <laughs> he levels. He did a great job. He did a great job of hosting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I enjoyed that. And as you said, 90 minutes. Um, you know, I started at 6.02 a.m., so I was out of bed at about 5.15 a.m., and I've never had so much pop walking up the hallway. Looking forward to being out of bed that early, knowing I got to put that in my ears for 90 minutes. So, um, yeah, 21K at 4.15s. Next day was Thursday, 65 minutes at 4.36s. Got out in the afternoon for 30 minutes. And then Friday, I just did a bit of speed work, a bit of poor man's track work when I'm just going up and down a straight road. Did 15 by 80 seconds, around about three minute K pace. Um, minute shuffle jog in between very slowly. Uh, yeah, so that was that was good. Kind of like hitting 450 meters per rep. Um, I did this out the front of the Moama swimming pool and I'm pretty sure somebody had broken into it overnight because uh, all the doors were open and the lights were on and uh, yeah, they hadn't, the lifeguards hadn't got there yet and I reckon when they got there they would have figured out that someone had been through the canteen there, which isn't good, but that's just a part of life I suppose, you get robbed occasionally. Um, got out of work on Friday afternoon for 30 minutes. Then I did my long run Saturday morning. I did 30K at 4.25s, same thing, tired again. That was 2 hours 15, 70 minutes on the Sunday. Got this, um, where everything got flooded, all these dirt roads have been out of action for a while, but the council's just been redoing them and putting new dirt down, and they're amazing to run on at the moment. So went on a road called Barnes Road, and it's just fresh dirt, and just loved being on that for 70 minutes, and then got out for some strides and some easy jogging in the afternoon sunday first week back at 160k feeling good give me two or three of those ones and i reckon i'll be close to peak fitness so everything's tracking okay about seven or eight weeks till jails park got time to get fit getting the divvy one team for the bendigo bats let's move on thanks some patreon supporters who you got craigs oh, you, oh craigs. you go you go first I'll go and bring mine up. You've stitched me up here, Croaks. Usually, actually, no. I'd... I'll go. Here we go. I have got it. Max, Max McGee, Max. Yeah, Max McKee. Uh, he's from Glasgow, uh, and he ran sixteen fifty eight at the Strathclyde Park Run. Won the Winter Warmer ten k a few weeks ago in thirty four thirty nine. Has run seventy seven fifty nine for the half at the two thousand and twenty two Great Scottish Run and two forty at the twenty twenty two Edinburgh Marathon got some good ink on him and he might do a bit of rock climbing he's a quality technician at wakisha bearings corporation so um they're the market leader in custom engineered fluid film bearings magnetic bearing systems and seals for high performing turbo machinery there you go Jesus. thanks max <laughs> good job isn't it yeah. didn't know i don't know what so that stuff means yeah, yeah neither I do i <laughs> That's good, though. No idea what that like means. That. Turbo machinery. <laughs> Thanks for um, your support. Moose, who you got? I've got Chris Hales. Um, so Chris is from Perth. He has estimated bests of 17.15 at the Yokeen Park Run. Is that in Perth? Yeah. Perth, Yokeen. I've never heard of that before. 80 minutes at the 2022... Perth Half Marathon, 
three hours at last year's Canberra Marathon, a Bachelor of Arts with double major in history, politics, and international relations at Edith Cowan University. So, very uh, academic-minded, Chris. Probably got his half... I actually coach Chris Moose. He's got Paris Marathon coming up in a few weeks. Going to go under three hours. He ran 71 a couple of weeks ago at the Bustleton Half Marathon as a bit of a track. Sorry, 81 at the Bustleton Half Marathon a couple of weeks ago as a bit of a training run. He's he's tracking well. Yes. So what's his best run so far then? His best run over distances. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking at Canberra last year. He had a toilet break. Had to stop for a while. So I reckon that's um, that's a sub three if we can avoid the toilet. Probably the half. What do you reckon? Half, yeah. Mm. Half or five, I don't know. 5K. 5K is pretty quick. 5K is pretty quick. Good luck with Paris, Chris. I'm going to thank Lars Eric Nodvarp Borge from Bergen in Norway. He's ran 2.33 at last year's Berlin Marathon and was over in Kenya with Christian last November. Oh, he was on the training camp, Crooks. Yeah, he was. He is a dad and is a senior analyst, supply chain management for Equinor, which is a petroleum refinement company. He's developing automated solutions for for prosentment and supply chain robotic... Procurement, Brady. Okay. Why did you give me this guy, Craig? So I always used to give you the guys, the hard words go to you. Yeah, that's um, why I've given them to you. And the robotic <laughs> process automation. So Lars, Eric, thank you for your support. Good to know you're in the company of Christian Ulrichsen at times over there in Kenya. Um, I'm catching up with Christian and Toby next week. I was trying to do it last week. I was trying to do it this week. Everyone's busy. But it's going to happen next week. So Patreon supporters over there. Yes, you get Road to London every Wednesday morning, but you also get the monthly with Toby and Christian. So it's going to be interesting to see because your boy, Toby Moose, he is fit. He is murdering Strava at the moment. Those double days he's doing. Just give me one of those workouts I'll take. Can't wait to talk to him well, about training. Well, let's wait for the races. Brady. Yeah, let's it's got to work, races. doesn't it? No point doing that let's stuff try. if you can't run good, good, good results off it. You need the proof will be in the pudding, Christian. Yes, it will be, as Christian would say. So thank you to all our Patreon supporters. We're at episode number 278 because of your support. If there is one marathon you do this year, really make it count. We're ecstatic to announce that the Sydney Marathon is a candidate race for the prestigious Abbott World Marathon Majors. To help us reach our goal of becoming one of the world's best, we need passionate runners like you to join us on this amazing journey. Incredibly, we're already on our way to our target of 15,000 marathon finishes, with almost 7,000 registered from all over the world. 2023 is set to be the biggest marathon Sydney has ever seen. By securing your spot in the Sydney Marathon, you'll be contributing to our success and helping us to join the ranks of world-renowned marathons such as New York City, London, Boston, Chicago, Berlin, and Tokyo. Run over the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and past some of Sydney's most beautiful icons before finishing at the world-famous Sydney Opera House. Grab your mates and register today so we can make history in the best way we know how, together. Let's go to Runner News, boys. The Mori Plan invitation was Thursday night in Melbourne. What beautiful weather. Usually it's windy there. It was beautiful. Crowds packed. 
TV mm. package was sensational. I know we lip off occasionally Athletics Australia and the way our meets are put together here, but this was very entertaining and a very good meet from start to finish, and I thoroughly enjoyed all the action. Um, sitting on my couch watching the coverage at home. 800, James Preston. It was a New Zealand double. James Preston first, Brad Mathis second, 145.8 and 146 flat. Riley McGowan was the first Australian in 146.3. The women's 1500 was potentially the ra- the race of the night, I thought. Jess Hull, Abby Caldwell, they were down the straight going hammer and tongs at each other. 407.1 against 407.3. You could tell Jess had done a bit of homework, I think, on Abby. And maybe we always had Jess as the number one seed, and then Abby got her at the Commonwealth Games when she went and got the uh, bronze medal. And then we saw Abby also get her at the World Cross Country Trials. So I reckon Jess has gone away. She's done a bit of homework. She knows she can't leave it to the last 50, 80 metres against Abby. So with 250 metres to go off a slow pace, pace making was terrible. And it was terrible all night, I think. Mm. Probably other than the men's 3K. Um, when Callum Davies did a good job, every other race, the paces were too fast or too slow. Um, but Jess put the foot down with 250, 280 metres to go. Absolutely flew around that final bend. And then Abby just clawed her back. And Jess had one last fight left in her with about 25, 30 metres to go to get the win. And it was one of the most entertaining races, men's or women's, I think I've ever watched to see two Australians battle it out like that for the win. Um, Georgia Griffith come in third. She was 4'10". She was the best of the rest. Those other two girls were the standouts there. Uh, men's 3K. There was the junior kids, or junior Kenyan and... I think maybe some Ugandans and Ethiopians that were still in town after the World Cross Country Champs. So Ishmael Kipkarui from Kenya, born in 2005, it says here, he sat on Stewie pretty much the whole way until the bell. Um, like I said before, best of the rest. These two out in front, and then there was a bit of a race on for, for third and fourth, but we didn't see them too much in the footage. After Callum Davis pulled out maybe four or five laps in, Stewie kind of had the lead. And pretty much towed uh, Ishmael around until the bell when he went around him. He ran 741.3 to Stewie's 744.3. And all that kind of time was put into him in probably the last 350 metres. So just a bit of a stronger finishing kick there. Dan Kabat, the junior from Uganda, was third and 750. Ben Buckingham, he's running well. Probably just not getting the hype he deserves at the moment either. I reckon Buck's just kind of a bit in the background. He was fourth in 750.9 which I think was a PB for him. The men's mile, one of the probably blue ribbon events at this meet, uh, loaded with quality as well. Ollie Hall got the win, sat right on the pacemaker. Pace, I think, was a bit slow and then picked it up a bit in the second lap. Um, And then Ollie came home in a 55-second lap. Looks so strong. He ran 352.2. Sam Tanner from New Zealand was second, 353.8. Cameron Myers, the junior, he's only 16, I think, Bradley, is that correct? Yeah, 17 in June. Spoken about him quite a lot. Doesn't lose a race, but he was going to lose here because he was up against the top guys, but still finished in third, only two uh, two blokes in front of him. He ran 355.4, which is an under-20 Australian record. I think the second fastest under, oh, what, do you know, what's that quote about the mile? Second yes. youngest so person young, to break it? 
or the yeah. youngest person? So the youngest person was Jakob uh, Inge Britson mm-hmm. to break the four-minute mile. And so and when he did that, he ran 3.56. Cam Myers was nine days older than what um, Jakob was when he ran 3.56, but Cam ran 3.55. Ran quicker. So on, on par, yeah. So um, doing incredible things and showed a lot of maturity, I thought, because he made a really strong move to sort of get back up with the top guys, sort of, you know, maybe a third of the way through the race but then realised it was maybe a bit too hot and just let him go, but then was able to have enough to sort of beat the beat the rest of that sort of second pack for, for third place. So yeah. a lot of maturity for a 16-year-old. I thought he got it wrong, actually, because, you know, guys like Matthew Ramsden went around him. He probably went from kind of like third, fourth to seventh or eighth, and you're like, okay, he's got it wrong. It's about time he, he doesn't execute perfectly. And then you watched him, he kind of just come flying past him all with 180 metres to go. And you're just like, what? This kid is amazing. So, yeah, he had the maturity of someone who's been running at that high level for, for 10 years, not a 16-year-old. And it's interesting, like, we don't, Do we... Like to pump, we don't like to pump the juniors up and you're like, you hope they kick on. But you got like, the thing is, he's running so fast now that if, if, he, if he never runs faster than this again, it's still an incredible time. Yeah, the thing we celebrate in juniors is, and this is with veterans and stuff as well, sometimes we celebrate juniors because they run good for juniors or for veterans, whereas this kid is running good for an open person and is running competitive against the best Ollie Hall, Sam Tanner, like some of the best names. Sometimes I think we celebrate these juniors who, oh, this kid ran 41 minutes and he's 12 for 10k but there's no other kids that are 11 or 12 year old actually doing that event so it's it gets watered down a bit and it's probably same with some of the veteran results as well you know this person won 10 gold medals at the world masters championships in the 85 age bracket and there's which is an amazing feat in itself but there's one other person in the age category so it's like how competitive is it and cam myers is putting his his feet on the line next to very good quality athletes and he's stacking up pretty well. Yep. Uh, do we know are... much about, do we know what, what, who's his coach Croaks in Canberra? Croaks is. Nah, Dick Telford. Co- Mulligan's track no, club is a member so. of that. It's Dick Telford, isn't it? Or is it Des? No, no, no. so he, like, it's, um, oh, what's his name? Lee, um, oh. Oh, I thought it was Dick Telford. Nice. No, so Lee Bobbin. So Lee Bobbin had a group, and he had um, Tom Tom Palfrey. Remember Tom Palfrey was running like maybe 340 for 1500, and then he went over to the University of Oregon. And so Tom's still over at the University of Oregon now. And so Cam was training with Tom. And then obviously, you know, those guys were so far ahead of the rest of Lee's squad that they sort of approached Dick and said, hey, can we sort of jump in with some of you, your guys, like with, you know, Rory and, and Jai. And so Lee and Dick, their groups often train together, um, but Lee is the official coach of camp, even oh, okay. though he's training, he's training with Dick's group. Good but Lee's out there, there as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do we know much about what he's doing, like... Yeah, it's all on Strava, so it's, it? not, it? it's not crazy. Like, in terms of mileage, it's probably like 90K a week. Um, so he's not, you know, he's not one of those 16-year-olds that's out there running, you know, 130, 140K a week. Uh, it's three sessions a week. 
So it's largely it's largely similar to what Dick's guys do. So Tuesday will be, um, and if you if you listen to the Rory interview, it's pretty much that. So Tuesday will be often a track session where it could be like half quarters, and then they'll have three to four minutes recovery, and then they might do four by three hundred, pretty solid off a hundred meter jog or float, and then have another five minute recovery, and then do some two hundreds off a off a hundred jog or th- you know a minute rest that sort of thing. Um, then Thursdays is more like a, like a threshold run. Um, so it could be like 8K or something. And then there's standard session on a Saturday out at um, Stromlo's often like five or six by a K off a four-minute cycle followed by some 200s. Yeah, it's all there. Very consistent yeah. training too, just hovering around that kind of 80 to 100K weeks. And even long run. You know, he'll, um, he'll only run yeah, like – if that, you know, yeah, 80, 80 minutes, yeah. So runs at Mulligan's quite a bit. Yeah, have to get him to sign an autograph next time, Sam. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the king of Mulligan's. Some uh, big names behind him. We saw Centro go around again and Ryan Gregson's return to running. Um, I guess both those boys would be pretty disappointed with their results. I think Centro was 4.11, Gregson 4.15-ish. You get that right? Anyone got that off the top of your head? So, yeah, Gregson was four, yeah, 4.14 and, yeah, uh, four fourteen and four oh seven was it or four oh four Centro? Yeah. And Ollie just a celebrity down there. Uh women's three K. Uh, this was a, a big race, some big names here. The same the juniors from Ethiopian Uganda, Seniet Getamu, she got the win, eight forty six point five. So determined the way she runs. She absolutely grinds it out. I think they closed in sixty sixty one. She beat Prishka Shenang from Uganda in 8.48.8 and Nozomi Takanaka. She um, she was my pick a couple of weeks ago, World Cross Country. She uh, I think she was 14th um, in the World Cross Country 10K. She got a PB of 201. She got range. She was third. She ran 8.49.09. The Japanese princess, Zaka calls her. He's a big fan of her as well, Nozomi mm. Tanaka. Tanaka. And Lyndon Hall was the first Australian. She was in fourth, a tiny PB for Lyndon. She ran 8.50.8. So good meet, good athletics, thoroughly enjoyed it. Well done to the promotion, the organisers, all those kind of things there. Interesting stat, Brady. So the winner of the men's 3K and the winner of the women's 3K, they both won the under-20 World Cross the week before. Mm, They looked good, didn't they? Tell me this as well. Stewie's not Stewie at the moment. Stewie needs another month, I reckon, which is good. It's Feb. He's got a big season ahead of him, but I reckon Stewie's not you're not operating at a hundred percent off the off the back of the world cross country. Seeing him there and that that three k, I reckon he got put away a bit too easy. I don't think he's operating at a hundred percent capacity just quite yet. I think Agreed. he's been a bit sick. Yeah, a bit sick. Probably impacted his training a bit, which is all good. Long season. Don't need him firing yet. And that's the trade-off, isn't it? it? You know, Stewie running super quick now, yeah. does it mean that, you know, it's a long time to stay sharp, you know, between now and, say, World Championships in, what, generally August. Yeah, I um, like it. could be a blessing, Crokes, I think. Yeah, and then, you know, I feel like, you know, you mentioned Bucks before. Like, Bucks is just building nicely, like running running well, um, but still hopefully room to improve between now and, you know, the business end of both the domestic season but also internationally. See Bucks is a big poster boy for the new um on Athletics Club, Melbourne. Game. They all uh, they all got their 
their um, faces on a big poster. Yeah, the Bucks is the big name there. He's the Olympian. He's looking good. That's a big announcement last week. He and big international names still to come into that team as well. Because other than really? Bucks, it was probably more of a um, like a junior development team. Fair to say that. Cordius made a an open team, but the rest of them, Keely Small. Keely Small went. Um, she's made an open team. She she ran at the twenty eighteen Com Games. Do you know what I mean though? Don't you? Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like they're investing in potentially. They might be at. Yeah, you know, yeah, Paris. Five, years, five years' time. Five years' time, yeah. Paris, even, you know, Brisbane, 2032. It's a 2032, is that when we got the Olympics? Yep. Yeah. Um, whereas Bucks, he's like, a, he's made already. He's making Olympic teams. Mm-hmm. Um, ACT champs, tell us about this, Croaks. Yes, this was on Friday night. So Katie Porra, she won the women's in 1659, and Aaron um, Spiesberger-Parker, he won the men's in 14-15. And then uh, internationally, there was a indoor meet in Birmingham. And Gudaf Sege, she missed Genzebi Dababa's world record, which was set in Stockholm in 2014 by 0.09 seconds, running 8.16.69. Uh, from an Aussie perspective, Kat Bissett finished second in the 800, running 159.83. That race was won by Keely Hodgkinson in 157.18. She have to go wide around the lap to runners too, and she missed mm. that record by zero point zero oh nine. Nine hundredths of a second it was. Yeah. How many lap to runners she have to get around? I don't know. I didn't. See, I didn't see the actual race. Yeah, I but, just saw um, some tweets about it saying, "What if she got it? If she didn't have to go wide?" But then maybe the barber was going wide when she said it. Never like those indoor tracks. It's only two hundred. Yeah. Moose Osaka, Lisa, she could be going to her fifth yes. Olympics here after this. The, it's a likely situation, isn't it? It is. is it? Yeah. I just love how... So, yeah, yeah, Lisa... Come on, yeah, give us the facts first. Well, yeah, Lisa Waitman, um, 44 years old, right? 44? Age doesn't matter to these ladies anymore. <laughs> no. I know, but... Stop you, saying you their want, age. You asked me for facts. I know. It's amazing. Me and you have got so 10 years until we... So like... So, now, she was fourth place in 223.15... You can't ignore the fact that this is a bit of a um, uh, like phenomenon that's happening at, at the moment with with Australian female distance runners who um, we haven't seen before, like in this age bracket, and and it's just pretty it's like it's incredible, really. So Lisa was fourth place in the Osaka Marathon. This was a pretty deep race. So gold label would be, wouldn't it? If it Sure, and the men, the men, like, I'm not sure, I, like, I don't know exactly what, what it was, but I think that even in the Japanese, the ladies had a big selection race here for, um, like, it was a big one for Paris Olympics, I think, so it, it counted for them, and so there were a few ladies trying to get on the board. So Lisa ran with the front pack to, to halfway, and she was sitting in basically behind the Africans, she she. She was cruising there, so um, she was surrounded by men, and then the Africans were a little bit more skittish than she was, so up and back, and they'd get a bottle and drop right back, and um, and it, but she was she was really like, I guess, settled, we'll say, and so she's come home. I think she went through about seventy one ten because it was just in front of me, and seventy one ten. So she's. Um, She's she's run sort of maybe seventy two, 
Yeah, something like that in the back half. So just a slight positive split. However, she ran the third fastest Australian t- um, time ever. So only in front of her now, we have Sinead and Benita. So this puts her into all-time sort of like Hall of Fame territory if she wasn't already, which she probably was, let's be honest. She'd been to four Olympics. Um, so now she's she's second in line on the rankings in terms of the uh, Paris Olympics. So you've got Sinead at 222, 222, right? 221. 221. Jesus. Oh, sorry, Sinead. That's my bad. So Sinead's on 221. Lisa at 223. These two girls are the top three of all time in the same Olympic qualifying period. This is like, we've never seen anything like it before. And so imagine going to five Olympics. What did Mona get? Four. Four Olympics. I think yeah. only he, one other he, person has gone to – it's five marathons too. It's not like she battled in the yeah. couple of fives and then a ten and then stepped up to the marathon for the last two. It's five marathons. It's it's actually insane to consider you go to – because this is including – so f, that's over a 20-year period. Yeah. Like, yeah. And a tough that's event. resiliency. It breaks it's a, like, Yeah, and I know she had a lot of trouble with injury when she was younger. Like a lot of stresses, and so yeah, yeah. She, she's. I think I read somewhere maybe seven stress fractures or something in an early part of her career. And, and assuming still she, managed... sorry, Moose, and, and assuming she makes it, like if anything, since her first Olympics to now, it's got harder and harder to make the team because of how much depth there is. Like if yeah. you, if if we, if I said to you, you know, eighteen months ago that, um, yeah, you'd have to run two twenty two, two twenty three as a female to make the next Aussie Olympic marathon team, like you'd be like, oh, no, nah, surely you, they won't have to go that fast, like maybe 225. Mm. But, you know, you've still got Ellie to run one. You've got Izzy to run one. Um, Eloise is there. Like Eloise has run 225. Um, Jess. Je- like Jess. Like, Four doesn't go gonna, into one, Croaks. There's going to be like three <laughs> three yeah. really good girls miss out. Um, so, could, yeah, yeah be, we could leave. An Olymp- uh, Commonwealth Games gold medalist over the marathon and potentially two, 224, 225 ladies off the team. Yeah. And send yeah. a 44-year-old, a 45-year-old and somebody else. It's, it's bloody motivating. Like It's, it's incredible, cause it, yeah. Because I, um, I had the chat with Eloise, which we'll hear shortly, but I'm just saying, like, and because she's just turned 40, like, you can't even, you can't use age as an excuse anymore. <laughs> like, whether, you, whether you're male or female as to... The reason why you can't run fast like i thought to myself it's, oh yeah it's very I'm, good I'm, I'm 40 i'm over 40 now like you know if i can run low low 220s for a marathon i'm going bloody well and then i see like lisa's older than me and now has a faster marathon time like in in her 40s than what i've run so it's like oh well maybe i need to pull my finger out like yeah there's no reason why you know i shouldn't be doing it or i can't do it I know you're not taking it away from them, but they they train bloody hard as well. Like they're putting in big mileage weeks. Yeah. Like they yeah. Of course they 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 reap the reward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, so I'm with you, Croaks, because I look at this and I I worked out that I was only 36 yesterday. Now, (laughs) that's Mm. if you look at these ladies running. You think, what are you even 
worried about. In ten years' time, you still might run your PB. Yeah, and you can't. And, yeah, and you can't say, "Oh, but I've been doing this for a long time." Because you look at people like Lisa. Like Lisa's been running for a hell of a long time. Because you know, there's that argument that like someone like Sinead, relatively new to the sport compared to say Lisa, and so that training history is still developing. But you know, Lisa's been running for a long time. Eloise, like she's been at it, even though she's a little bit younger than me, she's been at it longer than what I have. Um, 100%. So, yep. Yeah. So there's yeah. time. There's time for all of us on this yeah. show. <laughs> there is. Other results there, Moose. It was one pretty quick. Uh, yeah, I missed. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. But the ladies, Bikili Tola, won the uh, one in two twenty two sixteen. So. She's basically running an even pace to the finish um, course record for her. But it was a new course, so I'm not sure how they come up with that. Uh, men's race was won by Harley Merriam Kiros from Ethiopia, 20601, also course record. So, yeah, I don't know. Stephen Makoko, who has been around the block, he has run, he ran 20641. It's a PB, fifth place. He's run sub 211 for 14 years in a row. <laughs> so uh, good. I know, that is. And, and this guy shows up at all the races and all the championships. And yeah, championships, he, world championships in particular. Yep, he doesn't just cherry pick fast races. He is all over the place. I reckon he even ran some ultra marathon. He didn't one do year. comrades? Yeah, I reckon he did do comrades. Yeah. Or 50k or something. He went for a world 50k. Yeah, 50k yeah. perhaps. 50K. But to do it 14 years in a row, like you look at, you know, any top distance runner, and there's often a year or two where they've been like they're they're on the sidelines with injury, and so to be able to do this, yeah, every single year for 14 years and not miss one is um pretty impressive. Yuki ran 207 too, didn't he? Yuki Karuchi. Second fastest time ever, maybe. He's ever ran, yeah. 30, or maybe a PB. 35 guys under 210. Yeah, so the course isn't fast here. Oh, it's fast, right? It's it's faster than anything we have in Australia. But there were a lot of tight turns where you had, like, basically just U-turns. You had to go around a cone and then s- slow down, start up again, which can really hurt your momentum. And there were a couple of hills towards the back end, which I didn't see. <laughs> but I heard they were there. On the course map, they looked like they were there. And I didn't... Um, I didn't. I haven't asked anybody about him. So, yeah, it's interesting. Like, it, it can get faster, and they told me that they're going to make this course faster next year as well. So, 30, 30 or thirty-five thousand people in the race, according to the guy I asked. That this is. I think Tokyo's only just ahead of it in terms of participation numbers. So, I think this turns into a really big race in the next few years. Pretty good qualifying standards to get into the elite race too. I'm just on their website because I was looking up. It is a gold label, by the way. Um, 228 to get into the elite field, three hours for women. 68, 30, uh, 120. That's not elite. Yeah, that's well, that's not how elite. you get an elite start. Surely not. Yeah, 31 flat, there, 10K, there, 35 for women. There weren't many people in that elite start. Yeah. So that's... Like, um, yeah, this no, is just no, on their no, website. No. Qualifications for elite entry. Really? Those who have set any of the following official records in certified races held anywhere after April 1st, 2019 and before the application deadline. Men's marathon, 228. Women's, three hours. Mm, interesting. Because mm. it, like it, it definitely didn't look like it was loaded with two-hour 55 ladies marathoners. 
yeah, maybe they've still got that. Cost eighteen thousand two hundred. Japan. Marnie Ponton was in the race as well for Australia around two thirty three, and um, which was solid for her. And Dean Menzies two seventeen, uh, which he's a South Western Australian, so big from Dean. Um, mm. It says here Matt Fox ran two twenty one after talking up a big game. That's so Croaks is mate watches all these videos and stuff. So I wanted to see an influencer. That. He must be an influencer. Croaks, do you, never... do you know him? Well, no, I, I believe that he had a crack at Brady on a podcast recently, though, about yeah, stuffing up, stuffing up in Valencia, going, going out too hard. Hey, I've got no rebuttal to that. I did stuff up. Look at my finishing time. Mm. So got me yeah, there. Yeah. Kick me while I'm down, Matt. Good on you. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> but So we'll just do, go into a moose on the loose, Brad, because I know you wanted to have a crack at this. <laughs> the 220 yeah. mark, it's disrespected by people, correct? Oh, well, it, it is. I, I just hate, like, it's good to have goals, but I reckon going out and saying that you're in a particular shape, let's say, like, you know that you can run 216 for a marathon, yet you've never broken 220. I think it's disrespectful for all the people that have run between 216 and 220. Like, just go out and do it first and then call yourself a 216 guy. Yeah. Yeah. Why... <laughs> Round numbers though, they always, even got people, oh yeah, I'm going to break 30 minutes for 10K. It's like, do you know how hard it is to break 30 minutes for 10K? Like, that's not an easy thing to do. People just love the round numbers and just say they're going to do it. And they never do. Like it's hard to achieve these things. Results talk for it's themselves. A very, it's like we've seen it with Christian, haven't we? Well, um, well then, it, yeah, I like the, what you said, Croaks, about it. Then it disrespects the people who have done it. Like people have grinded away to achieve these things, and it's just like willy nilly. Oh, could have done it, not my day. Bad luck. Yada yada yada. Just... I also I also compare it to the boy who cried wolf. In that, you, you, like, I've known some people in the past that have always gone on about, oh, I'm going to run this time. I'm going to run this time, and I'm training really really well. And like early on, when you hear people say that, you're like, oh, that's awesome. Like, you know, I'm I, like, I hope you do do it. But then when they keep telling you that they're going to run this time or that they're in this shape and never do it you basically just switch off and you just stop you know you just go okay whatever a bit like the boy that cried cried wolf that's a wrap on moose on the loose well i'm with i thought you guys might have gone a bit harder here because through the fucking message group it sounds like you want to go a bit harder and i'm only seeing like 20 <laughs> percent of the actual hey i've had actual... a crack yeah. I can't have a crack. No, I... He called me out for Valencia. My result was shit, so I can't have a crack back. Yeah, but it's like, but, yeah, but it's, it's... yeah, I still ran faster than Matt. But I thought I had business going at sixty-eight. Like I think if you look at my five and your ten and my half, whereas some guys want to go like sixty-eight, sixty-nine through half, mm. who don't. I don't think they got business to be in that conversation. But hey, that's just my opinion. Well, you've at least broken two twenty. So you going? You know, we. We grilled you for going too far. Less of an opportunity. So I've got to go. Like, this guy flies around the world to all the best races getting around. But what I don't get is if your goal is to break 220, yeah, go, go, through, go through closer to 70, which when I went to Lake Biwa, my goal was to break 220. And I remember you guys in, in the weeks leading up, like you'd obviously seen my training and you're like, you know, you're going to – you're going to leave too much out there by going just through around 70 minutes. 
But I'm like, you know what? I don't care because that's my goal is to break 220. And the best way of me doing that is to even split or potentially negative split. So I went through 69.45 and then ran, what, 67 high for the second half. Whereas, yeah, so anyone that wants to break 220, go closer to 70 minutes. You don't need to bank time. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll never disagree about breaking time thing. I like that. Um, let's move on, Croaks. Let's go to your training talk segment with Eloise Wellings, thanks to the Sydney Marathon. Enjoy this, listeners, and we'll be back in a second. This week's training talk is sponsored by the Sydney Marathon. Join them this September in their bid to become an Abbott World Marathon major. Learn more at sydneymarathon.com. It features an all-new marathon course, is Australia's fastest marathon with a record of 2.07.03 set last year, new extended cutoff time of seven hours, increased on-course entertainment, and the opportunity for runners to go into the draw to win Abbott World Marathon major tickets. And joining us as part of this week's episode is a five-times Commonwealth Games representative, a two-time Olympian, and Australia's fifth fastest female marathon of all time. She also happens to be a Sydney Marathon ambassador, Welcome back to the Inside Running Podcast, Eloise Wellings. Hey, thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, firstly, thanks for giving up some time. It's been a while since we've um, had you on, but it's good timing given you're a Sydney Marathon ambassador, but also you've got a big race coming up in less than two weeks in Nagoya. So um, how's that prep been going? Yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. It hasn't, it, to be honest, it's probably been one of my clunkier build-ups, but I'm still, I'm going in with, um, some curiosity and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going in still with some very, uh, what do I call it? Huge belief that, yeah. that I'm going to, you know, that I'm going to have, still have a good day. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've done the work. It's just, uh, yeah, I've been sick and there's just been a couple of little things that, you know, haven't had to deal with before a few little challenges. So, I know it'll be interesting and I'm I'm up for the challenge to be honest I'm like I'm ready um yeah I, I'm looking forward to it and I think that's the best the best way to be when you're going into a marathon I'm like you know that, that perfect mix of nerves and um anticipation and also excitement about what could what could potentially happen yeah, and outside of being sick, um, has the prep been similar in terms of um, like similar sessions you did in in the lead up to Nagoya last year, and and how have those sessions compared? Yeah, look, I haven't. Um, the sessions have been really similar. Uh, to be honest, I haven't. I've been really disciplined in just not going back to check mm. too much on what I was doing last time. So I don't like it was such a different vibe last time <laughs> um in terms of this time last year I don't know if you remember but there was and like it was basically raining every single day um, yep. and you guys are from Victoria so um I don't know if it was raining as much in Victoria but this time last year in Sydney it was raining and the weather was completely different this time this summer in Sydney has been so hot and humid and um yeah, it's going to make a difference to your training. It's going to make a difference to how you feel. You need to make adjustments. Um, and I just, I kind of just didn't want to go there in like comparing, uh, you know, what I did in any of my build-ups, in any of my other build-ups. But I'm just going by feel and I know that, 
you know, I'm, I'm feeling really good. And, you know, my, my workouts have been, you know, more than what Nick has asked me to do. And so I'm, I'm assuming that if it's, if I'm doing more than what he's asked me to do in terms of, you know, splits and hitting intervals and stuff, um, he's setting them similar or, or faster than what we did in any of my other build-ups. So I, I think I'm going okay. I, I, I know I'm going okay. And, um, and yeah, I just, I don't, I tend not to like go back and check too much to compare just because I think there's so many other factors and this time as well, you know, last time we were, I was coming from like almost a complete lockdown. <laughs> and so life just looks completely different to, to us now. And, you know, there's a whole lot of, you know, especially with our two kids and busyness and stuff. So yeah, um, I've been disciplined in not going back to check too much but in the ones that I have had a look at I'm like yeah I'm going I'm going good I'm right where I need to be yeah I think there's some good advice there for most runners in terms of not going back and yeah comparing from uh yeah week to week or or year to year but um given it's training talk are you able to share maybe the details of maybe one of your best sessions that you've done in the lead up yeah um so I know last week I did uh, three by five k, and then a two k, and then a one k. So the three by five k, we kind of started out with um, a sixteen fifty, then a sixteen forty, and then close to a sixteen thirty. Nice. Um, what recoveries? With a, just a two minute jog, and then I did a two k um, after that in just sixteen. Uh, sorry, six thirty five. So sort of six, you know, three twenty two ish. Um, pace and then uh, a minute rest and then a 309 for a, for a K to finish. And I felt, I mean, like that's, to be honest, it doesn't, nothing special. It's probably nothing different to what I've done, but it's, I, I just, the ease and, and the rhythm that I felt was, was, it felt right and it felt like the right effort. And I don't know, I, I kind of think like um, from what I, from my limited experience in the marathon so far, I kind of think like it's so much more about just getting the bulk of the work done rather than trying to hit any any one session and I know it's nice for people to hit like a really good session because it gives you confidence and it you know you don't go in too uncertain or you know with all this unknown and all these questions but um I also think like it's it's more important to just be consistent across the board and get the, the bulk of the work done. And, you know, if maybe you haven't hit that that those workouts that, you know, you were you've hit before or whatever, like it could be a, a range of factors, but it doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're not gonna have a good day or that you can't lay down a really a really good marathon. Um yeah. But I mean that that was one that I felt really good in and um, yeah, Nick was really happy with it. And we're like, yeah, cool. Right, let's just keep going. Let's just land the plane now. We've got a couple more weeks left and um, just roll in. And what sort of mileage have you sort of been doing this prep? Yeah, I, uh, I haven't hit it too high. I went to um, Marigami, so I came down a bit then and um, not too much. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't actually really taper for that much for Marigami, but we, I was sort of sitting on around 145 has been my biggest week over six days. I always have a rest day, so. Um, well, that's good. Was, that, that's pretty much the equivalent of 100, yeah, 100 mile pro rata week, I suppose. Yeah, mm. yeah, 
it's around that. Um, and then I'll do two elliptical sessions most weeks uh, on a Tuesday and a Friday. On my, on my bigger workout days, I'll do um, two ellipticals just as a second run. Um, yeah. Just, you know, pretty easy, but um, just an added bit of aerobic activity. And uh, goals for Nagoya? Have you um, spoken to Nick about, you know, roughly what you'd like to go through halfway in and um, has it changed at all after seeing Lisa run 2.23? <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was a stellar run by Lisa. Uh, really great, really great to see her have laid down such a strong one. And um, I actually haven't spoken to Nick about it yet. And we typically wouldn't like until you know until I probably get to Japan and find out what the pace groups, what's happening with the pace groups. And because there's no point in me going, oh yeah, I want to do this pace. You know, I want to go through this pace at halfway and nobody else is planning on doing that. So I'll be running on my own, um, which is not typically the case in Japan anyway, because there is so, so much depth of women um, in those races. But um, I think I'll just get to Japan first and settle in and then um, find out you know, what pace groups there are going to be and then make a decision. And like, you know, I was talking with my husband and my training partner, Rory, like, um, you know, my husband, Johnny, and my training partner, Rory, about what, um, you know, that I'm, I'm not going there, like, to hold back. And um, I, you know, I, I always, you know, for, for the next uh, best part of my career, I guess I want to, make myself vulnerable in marathon and just see what happens. So um, you can definitely count on, you know, that I'm going to um, take a risk, a measured risk, and um, just see what happens, see if I can, um, you know, have a great day out there. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm re really ready to do that. Yeah. Well, you almost have to lay it on the line now. Like given, you know, Sinead's run 221 and, and Lisa now 2.23, like if, if I said to you two years ago, like, you know, you have to run 2.22, 2.23 to make the Paris Olympics, like a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't have believed it. And so is that now like, is that daunting knowing that you have to run that fast to make the Olympics or is it actually quite inspiring seeing like Lisa and Sinead run that and, you know, they're, they're a little bit older than you. So it shows that, you know, you still got time up your sleeve. Yeah, it's it's honestly so inspiring. And like, to be honest, you know, like, I think you can try not to think about spots in the Olympics at the minute. Like, it's just not, there is so much time between now and, you know, next April or May or whenever the, you know, the cutoff for the Olympic period is finished. And, you know, obviously it's like, it's the goal. Um, but for me, it's also about, you know, laying down the best marathon that I can. And if I do that, then I'll make, you know, then mm. things will come up and, you know, whether that be world champs or Olympics or, you know, opportunities to run in other majors and, um, yeah, all these other things that come from, you know, laying down a better performance. Um, yeah. but it ultimately, it's just about following the process and, and trusting that and, um, going through what I need to do to have have a great race and uh, yeah and I think the rest will just take care of itself like I I think the the best three girls will will go to the world champs and to the Olympics and um, 
and whoever the other five or six are, yeah. that, you know, that don't that don't quite get there, will be cheering them on, and we'll have another race to run. And you know, whether that's me or others, like it's it's and it's um, that's the culture that um, I think is within women's marathon running as well. Is that we're kind of we all know that it's you against the event. You know, mm-hmm. ultimately, it's you against the event. We we obviously all want to beat each other and you know we're competitive on the day and you want to win but ultimately it's about it's about getting through the build-up it's about getting you know getting your headspace right and and really getting ready to um to lay down a good one and and getting that done and if you can do that then like yeah it's inspiring mm. and so yeah Sinead and Lisa like of course they're they're pioneering the way and um yeah, definitely showing us all that, you know, you can be well into your 40s and be still absolutely killing it. And, um, yeah, it's it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I've just turned 40 and I'm like, Lisa's 44, Sinead's just turned 46. Like, yeah. what yeah. the actual heck? <laughs> well, I'm the, well, I'm the yeah. same because I'm, I'm 43 this year and – I, I you can't I can't use that as, as an excuse as to like why I'm, I can't run PVs when you see what Sinead and Lisa are doing. So, um, all right, let's turn uh, our focus to the Sydney Marathon. So, what's your role there, and and what does the event mean to you? Yeah, I've been working with the Sydney Marathon for the past sort of four years now, and I just love it. Like the I've played a more of mostly a commentary role. I've raced. Um, a couple of times I ran, raced the 10K back in 2018. Um, but, I mean, it's just such a wonderful event. It's an iconic event. Um, you get to run in one of the most stunning, picturesque cities in the world. And obviously with the opportunity now for um, Sydney Marathon to become an Abbott World Marathon major, like it's just such an opportunity for people to be part of history and, I would encourage anyone that is thinking about running a marathon this year that has run the half marathon last year at the Sydney Running Festival to step up and um, and go the whole way uh, this year and, you know, help us get that over the line. Um, yeah, I just think uh, Sydney has what it takes to, you know, be uh, an iconic marathon. Uh, amongst the world majors and I think that it's going to put on a great show mm-hmm. and yeah I'm really excited to be a part of it um it's a, and it's I mean it, being part of the commentary team too is fun as well like it's such a beautiful thing to watch a marathon play out it's, it's like that unfolding story of humanity at its you know most vulnerable and courageous and so many inspiring lessons to to be learned from you know the elite athletes at the front to the to the warriors at the back and 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 everyone in between and um yeah I just hope people that uh you know will really get behind it and um help us get over the line for the world major yeah well I know they're hoping to get like 15,000 finishes in the marathon which means for that to happen a lot of people would have to step up from say the half to the marathon so um, what advice would you have for people that are doing their first marathon? Yeah, I would just say, like, have big belief and no expectation. You know, have big belief in yourself that you can take take the step up. Um, be in the moment that you're in and, you know, 
open open be open to all of the feelings that might arise all of the nerves that that might come up um you know for the challenge and that all of the nerves that you might be feeling around or uh, you know could I run that far or could I do you know double the distance that I've ever done before you know be open to feeling all those things and that's just part of the challenge and that, to be honest that's it's no different to what professional athletes feel um you know before any marathon before their first full marathon I remember my first full marathon before London and I was more nervous than I've ever been um and it was but it was such a wonderful experience and just leaning into those feelings accepting them leaning into that that feeling of the unknown of what this you know un, the uncertainty of what this might feel like or whether I can even make the distance you know I've been running for 30 years I'd been to two Olympics but I was still like having these questions in my mind of like can I actually run that far um but I'd done the training and I'd done the mental skills training and you know I knew that I was just ready to lean into to any any feeling and um I had one of the best experiences that I've ever had in in a race and you know been privileged to to run into major marathons now the London um London Marathon and, and New York Marathon and yeah I believe that Sydney Marathon's just got everything everything that it takes um to to put on a great event and an incredible um you know lifetime memory experience for people yeah well said well um yeah thanks again for giving up some time and um all the best for uh, Nagoya I'm sure a lot Thank of our you. listeners a lot of our listeners will be uh yeah tracking you um yeah hopefully we can get a, a website like we had uh Asaka on yesterday trying to track Julian and and Lisa so um yeah, I'm, great. I'm, I'm assuming Nagoya will have the same setup yeah I'm sure they will I this I think there's an app or, or something there's some some way that my husband followed me last year so he kind of yeah. knew the result when I called him so that, yeah there'll be some way to follow but yeah, thanks for your support, guys, and um, we'll, yeah, hopefully chat again soon. Yeah, thanks, Eloise. Take care. Thanks. See ya. All right, Croaks, listen to question. Boys, do you want one on comparing trails to road racing or training intensities when training for a marathon? Which one do you want? Let's stick to the marathon one because we've been talking a lot of marathon stuff. All right, listen to question. Sessions faster than half marathon pace in a marathon block. Intensity, volume, frequency. In a 5, 10K or half marathon block or even cross-country block, we always do plenty of 8 times K, monarch, quarters, etc. But with the need for bigger mileage and the specificity for marathon pace slash effort in training, they often get dropped slash neglected as less relevant. How often would you incorporate them in a block? How hard and how big? That question comes in from Toby Ruffer. It's a good question from Toby. Long-time listener as well. Seen that name before. Well, personally, I never, like, I still have, like, sessions that are faster than half marathon pace in a marathon block. Like, I'd probably have, yes. I'd, I'd probably have a session every week that's still faster than half marathon pace you know in a in a marathon block with the intention because you want marathon pace to feel like marathon pace you don't want to get stale doing too much marathon pace yeah well i still think that by running faster than half marathon pace you're still becoming a better runner by hopefully increasing that sort of that threshold that you're capable of 
if you're training yeah, for a we... marathon, sorry, Moose, can I just can we just work backwards with this one? The most important thing would be the the long run on the weekend. So then, when do you put in this one? Midweek, or do you do a marathon specific workout then as well? Well, I generally have my my fastest sessions is the first session of the week, and then my longer one will be um my yeah my longer one would be like a a frot like, so obviously if I'm doing a Sunday um if I'm doing a Sunday run that has marathon pace at the end of it, I'll often get people then to take two easy days, and the first session back will be the Wednesday, which that one would be the faster shorter reps, and then I'd have something longer at marathon pace later on in the week again either on the sunday or on the saturday or whatever yeah so that's how you fit it in because you got that extra time to recover moose anything more there would you ever do marathon specific or half marathon reps on the wednesday and then marathon on the sunday this is where it yeah, can get hard to sure. yeah this is where it can get hard to fit in the faster stuff I, yeah yeah i get i know yeah and it is a balancing act and i do, i like i think having we'll call like sessions harder than harder than half marathon pace we can call sort of vo2 type workouts if you're looking at say like k reps at 5k pace or something um which is what a lot of people do and sort of speed endurance type stuff um and i think they're important as brad said you get fitter as an athlete you you improve your vo2 max you improve your threshold like maybe not as much as specific threshold work, but you're still um, uh, you're still like gaining fitness by doing them. So what I've what I've started to move towards is this. Here, here's how I sort of it, it. It's not specific every single time you go out and do a workout. So this is an example: Wednesday marathon specific workout, Sunday marathon specific long run oh no so yeah marathon specific uh how was it working i've got it written down so choose no let's let's start again my bad um actually i might have fucked this i need a spreadsheet in front of me to pull this off um it it doesn't always have to like when you're in marathon training, you can you don't always have to do like eight by a k as a or ten by a k as a big workout. You can put workouts in that are like C grade workouts. You can do a 15 minute fartlek the day before you do a marathon specific long run. Like not every if you want to touch on something, you can touch on it without doing a massive deep dive on it. So if you want to do a little threshold session. You can do like four by five minutes at threshold without doing a 30-minute straight threshold and using it as a big session. So there's ways that you can include these workouts within a week um, by doing them the day before a, a longer, more specific session, if that makes sense. You don't do them after the big, hard workouts. You do them before. Yeah, because what so you're saying, you, you can't fit it all into a week. You can't fit in a good long run, a good marathon-specific workout, some easy recovery time, and a fast workout. No, no. That, so something's got to go. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I do, like, if you're riding a marathon block, I do a marathon-specific long run every second week so that then 
the week that I don't have the marathon specific session, I just have like some longer marathon pace reps. So maybe like a two by seven K and a shorter and a shorter, faster session, and then just a standard long run. So no, no intensity in that long run. Whereas the other week I'll have a shorter quality session. And then my other session for the week is the long run with the marathon pace Mm. stuff. So you can still get one session a week where you're running, you know, significantly faster than half marathon pace, even, you know, week in, week out during a marathon block. So you almost work on a a a 14-day cycle. Yeah, two-week cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So within those two weeks, you're going to hit one quick long run with marathon specific, one time on feet long run, one threshold workout, and then one maybe quicker than threshold workout. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and one one session where you're doing yeah like two by seven k at marathon pace, or yeah, yeah potentially like a, a ten mile like closer to the day at, at marathon pace. Yeah. yeah, in in that two week cycle. And don't forget strides. This can sometimes yeah. complement like that quicker workout. Like if you can do eight to ten or hill strides, you know, fifteen twenty seconds, you're just still working that faster leg turnover. Definitely agree with that, and that's the one thing that I often neglect. <laughs> yeah. So do I. It's a good question though, Toby. Good luck if you're prepping for a marathon. Moose on the loose, we've done it. What's coming up? Tokyo Marathon this weekend. Run the bridge down in Tasmania this weekend as well. Did I see somewhere that they're just going first across the line prize money, $8,000? You know how they do that battle of the sexes and it used to still be, you know, men's and women's still get their separate prize money and then if you were the first across the line, you get a bit of a bonus. Where I mm. think as all the money now is in the first, second, third, and they've made them bigger. Liam okay. Pompiani, the headliner down there, and Liam Adams in the men's field. Um, so that should be interesting. Road to London tomorrow morning. Anything else, boys? In When's Sydney Track Classic? See Jess uh, just signed on for that. Yeah, not this weekend, the weekend after. Okay. It's a bit, bit happening in the running world. Moose, anything happening in your life? What are you going to do over there? Go visit some castles? Oh, yeah, had a big day at the temples yesterday. Ticked <laughs> off three shrines. Um, so when do, when do you cut off the – or when do Mizuno cut you off and you become yeah. holiday mode? <laughs> um, when do you have to start you know, going into your own pocket? Yeah. Paying for my own meals. Yeah. yeah uh, it, it'll happen after um, I check out in about half an hour. Okay. So then I find my way to my own hotel and – I'm on my own in the big wide world. And when, and when you are you back? Home? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, like a week? Uh, I don't know. I have to check with Bree. She did all the booking for the holiday stuff. <laughs> you don't even so, know when you're coming home. I, it's, it's on a Friday and it's not this come. Oh, let me tell almost. It's next weeks. Friday. So it's the, uh, I can't, oh wait, I come back on the 10th. No, the 11th. Jeez, big holiday. Yeah. Who's running the oh, shop? Jimmy Friend. Hey, we have the best team in Australia in our store. Don't worry about that. Those guys, they could run at their own store, every one of them. No, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So you're yeah, just no, going to be they... in Osaka the whole time or you're travelling around no, Japan? No, we're going to Gifu. Have you guys ever been to Gifu? Oh. Yeah, the half marathon. Yeah. Well, apparently, yeah. But um, it's also set at the base of the mountains and there's a lot of hot springs and stuff. So it looks like a pretty cool place to hang out. Real cold up there. Like zero to five degrees every day sounds good um croaks what are you doing uh well i'm going to go and search for a 
an undulating tempo loop Friday session and uh, the Raiders kick off the season on Saturday afternoon. Oh, yeah, team the of the show. Who we got this team. week? We got the North Queensland Cowboys we'll Saturday, Saturday at 5.30. Well, that's good. Up, up there. Not sure. Not sure how the Raiders are going to go this year. Okay. I don't sound too confident in the Canberra Raiders. The lack, of, lack a bit of depth. Uh, guess oh, guess who, guess who else is in Canberra on the weekend, Brady? Who's in Canberra this your weekend? Mate, your mate, Ragnar. Rag, Ragnar Lofthorn. Oh, is he? Travis Femmel, yeah. yeah. One of the best actors Australia's ever produced. Star star of Vikings. Oh, yeah, he's sending his, um, he's got his beer promo up there, doesn't he? Yeah, so he'll be at that pub that we went to after the um, Canberra Marathon that year. Are you going to go down there? Oh, maybe. Yeah. D- does, he, does he know you? I reckon he would. He's real good mates with um, <laughs> Benny and Andrew Walker. I reckon they're influencers for the beer. They're always putting up photos. Yeah, Benny right. Walker, you? Yeah, I'll, just say you right, work I'll for drop the... Benny, I'll drop Benny's name, not yours. Yeah, definitely drop Benny's. Say you work for the podcast that uses his music for the opening and closing. Yeah, all right. Which is good. Hey, I'm going on a weekend away this week. Guess where I'm going this weekend? Uh, Anglesey. Nah, we went Ocean Grove last year and a lot of people were disappointed with that. So the person booking it this year changed up the location. Booked a house. Guess where we're going? Marimula. Echuca. The bloke organiser no. booked a house in Echuca. So I haven't got far no. to go. But, um, yep, all the uni boys, about 12 of us, get together once a year. People flying down from Queensland for it, and we're going to a Chuka of all places. So that should be good. That's why I'm doing, I'm training hard to try and get as many Ks as I can before the weekend hits. Oh, Brady, give us the update. Last night was the um, local Sports Star of the Year awards. I heard you um, yeah. got towed up by a clay, clay target shooter. Got rolled croaks by a clay target shooter, which was disappointing. Archie was on my table as well. Archie was also nominated. He got beaten as well by the clay target shooter. I should be able to tell you, you know, her name off the top of my head here. It's got to be a hard thing to do, those award nights, though, isn't it? Like, how do you compare different sports? Yeah. Well, especially hard your thing. one. You were nominated for being given a hand, give, being given a head start. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> the way I look at it, you win, a, you win an Olympic gold medal or a stall sash, and then you're not even in the conversation. So I'm not sure how the heck I didn't win. Well, but, um, you did know, you go to the Olympics? Did anyone there go to the Olympics? Uh, there was a Paralympian who was the guest speaker, a guy called Cole Pierce, who got won a bronze medal a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, nah, no Olympians. I think this this lady did win a world championship potentially clay shooting. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's it. Then. That's yeah, but at least at least she's like competing on an even playing field. As I said, you got a head start. You're nominated for winning something where you got a head start. Jesus. Yeah, I, I agree. And store wasn't even the most impressive thing I did last year. They got me up on stage and they get everyone up and they kind of give you a little interview. The guy just asked four questions about stall. I'm like, you also realise that I ran like 29, 25 last year and kind of had some decent races. But store it always does it croaks, gets the headlines, gets people up and about. So yeah, got home at about 11 o'clock. It was a long night last night. But anyway... That's enough for this episode. See you next week, Legends. Keep an eye on Patreon Wednesday morning for Sinead, Ali and Nick Earl on the road to London. Safe travels, Moose. See you later. Thank you. Have fun. See you, boys. See you, boys. Good luck pram shopping this afternoon, Moose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. See, I'm I'm not real good in the Japanese world. (laughs) Catch ya. The all-new Sydney Marathon is Australia's marathon. So join us at the start line this year for an event you'll never forget. Register now at sydneymarathon.com.